This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Anyway, I do want to talk about on a more serious front uh, the, the case of uh, Allison Azer and her efforts to, to get her four children returned to her. Uh, we've talked about this case before. Uh, her husband, who is uh, of Iranian uh, Kurdish descent, uh, Saren Azer, uh, took his children to Europe. Now, this was a court-sanctioned trip. Uh, his ex-wife, Allison, uh, had fought against this, was very concerned. Uh, but nonetheless, the court allowed this. He took the four children ostensibly to Europe. And it was unclear where he'd gone, but uh, did not return. Uh, he is uh, wanted by both the RCMP and Interpol. It was August of last year, and a Canada-wide warrant was issued. Uh, we've since learned... Uh, that Serenazer has taken the kids uh, to Iran, and that's where they are. And so knowing where they are would seem to be a first step. The next logical step would be then for the prime minister to, to pick up the phone and reach out to, to the Iranians and say, look, we, we want these kids returned. And I think it's a legitimate question to ask, why hasn't that happened? Now, the opposition parties were trying to get some answers in the House of Commons this week, and things got pretty heated. At one point, Conservative MP Michael Cooper was asking some questions. Uh, the Foreign Affairs Minister himself, Stefan Dion, gave him a thumbs-down gesture, which uh, sparked some controversy. Even Alison Azar her, herself uh, saying that she felt uh, disrespected and dishonored by how the debate had uh, degenerated. Uh, today, Stefan Dion uh, apologizing for his behavior in the House, but I think there's still the question of, what are you doing to resolve this case? Uh, joining us uh, for some thoughts, someone who's been following this closely, Andrew Apostolou joins us. He's a Middle East expert based in Washington, D.C. Good afternoon, Andrew. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I appreciate you making some time for us here. Um, your your you. thoughts uh, on you know what, what unfolded this week in, in our House of Commons and, and you, how you think the Canadian government has handled this? Well, well, first of all, let me say I, I give credit to Mr. Dion for apologizing. I mean, good for him. You know, we learn our lessons. We all make these mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to say one thing he does have to learn, though, is not just to apologize, but the concept of accountability. It is perfectly legitimate for opposition parties to raise this case. That's what puts governments under pressure and makes them act. The fact is the Canadian government has been rather slack on this case. Um, they really haven't done enough. And we all know, we've seen, that the Canadian government can get Homa Hutfa, a Canadian lady who was detained in Iran, out of Iran, then it can try and do the same with the Azair children. And in particular, Mr. Trudeau, I think, needs to spend a little bit less time on his abs, a little bit more time on this case, pick up the phone, call Rouhani and say, it's very simple, we want relations with you. We know you want to open up to the world. We know you want to restore diplomatic relations. Help me, Mr. Rouhani, get these children back to their mother. You don't want them in Iran. You, why would you want to help a man who'd actually applied for asylum in Canada anyway? Um, just give them back. And that's all they have to do, because once the Iranians know that Trudeau is invested in this and that he cares about this, they will do something. They will respond. The problem at the moment is they don't get the feeling that the Canadians care. 
Well, and that's how it comes across, unfortunately. Now, at, at this point, there, there's no doubt anymore that uh, Saron took the kids to Iran, and that's where he is, and that the Iranian government knows where he is. Exactly. The Iranians know where he is. Um, he's in Iran at the moment. This is a man who left Iran and claimed that he had suffered political persecution in Iran, and therefore he was claiming asylum in Canada. It's a very basic principle. Once you leave a country and claim asylum, you can't go back because you're going to be persecuted there. He's basically voided his asylum claim, uh, and he's basically admitted the whole thing was a lie. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone back. So we know he's there. The Iranian system is very opaque. It's very open to political influence. I mean, they do have some sort of judicial system, some kind of legal system, but it's all very, very unclear. As you know, I've spent a lot of time working on human rights in Iran. But the fact is, the Iranians don't get the feeling from the Canadians that the Canadians care. And that's what makes a difference in all these cases. I mean, this is not like uh, Dr. Houdfar, who was detained for political reasons. This is a child abduction case. The Iranian government has no potential benefit in this case. The only potential benefit they get is by giving the kids back. And if the Canadian government makes that point to them, they will listen. I hope that they will respond. Um, but it's just really shocking the sort of flabby way in which they've responded. And I suspect it's, it's got nothing to do with the actual case, but you know what politicians are like. You've dealt with them. They're risk-averse. They don't want to take a gamble. But in this case, you know, if you try, you're a hero. If you do nothing, you really are a zero. Why would he have taken the kids to Iran then in the first place? Was it, was it to get beyond the reach of, of the Canadians or, or Interpol? You know, I really can't read this guy's mind, and I wonder if he can even read his own, frankly. Um, and, I, and, you know, the, these sorts of cases, they're very difficult. It's very nasty. It's very personal. You know, here's the thing. It, it's always a risk with one parent who has a foreign passport, but the best place to resolve this is your, in your home jurisdiction and in your court in Canada. Uh, and unfortunately, there's a whole, a whole body of law to do with these international child abductions. It's really tragic. Um, and it's the kind of thing that a country like Canada, which is known for its action in international law and on multilateralism, should be taking more interest in, in particular by trying to resolve this case. Why he did it, who knows? I don't know if we'll ever know. But the, the real point here is the Canadian government has an opportunity you know, it's a new, relatively new Canadian government. It wants to re-establish diplomatic relations with Iran. It has the electoral mandate to do so. It should be exporting that and trying to get these kids back. Now, Saren uh, did an interview with uh, a Canadian news outlet. It was August of last year, and uh, he's trying to argue that this was in the kids' best interest. He's trying to argue that the kids are doing well, they're adjusting well. Um, but the point is, he's not supposed to have them. He was not supposed to have taken them there. Uh, so none of that should should matter, right? Yes, I mean, it's relevant because it's not for him to decide. It's for the Canadian courts to decide. He, the whole point is he can't make that unilateral decision. Um, had his wife, for example, decided to um, take the children to another country, that would have been equally wrong. But she didn't do it. She kept to the court arrangements. She argued against them going to Europe on this trip. But he was very clever and very cunning. He'd apparently made an earlier trip with the kids and returned to show his bona fides. And I think the question now we have to ask is, who helped him? I mean, what this man did is a crime. 
Uh, and giving him a platform, by the way, is giving a criminal a platform. Um, and frankly, it's irrelevant. The children could be living in a palace today. It really doesn't matter. But the point is, you have laws, you're a democracy, you, people in Canada observe the law. And if people just did this off their own bat, there would be chaos. I mean, think about how many children there are these days with parents with different nationalities. I mean, I'm British, my wife's American. Think about how crazy these things would get if we just said, oh, well, you think it's in the children's best interest, just take them. We can't allow that. It's completely wrong. And these children are minors. You can't do this to minors. As you say, it's possible that the Iranian government may not want to cooperate with us on this. And if that's the case, we'll, we'll have to, to deal with that uh, if that presents itself. But we haven't really asked the question even yet. That, that's where things are at now. Exactly. You, you don't know if they're going to say no if you don't ask. And you don't know if they're going to say we want something if you don't ask. And you're absolutely right. They may say no. They may say we want something. They may say, you know what, we don't like this chat. And we don't like what he's done. It looks bad for us. Take them. You mm -hmm. just don't know. Find out. Test the waters. Build a case. Give them a reason to hand the children back. Trudeau can. It's such basic politics. He can very easily go to the Iranians and say, look, you're not popular in Canada. People don't like people who hang lots of people. People don't like people who oppress women. I'm having a really hard time making the case for the restoration of diplomatic relations, but you can help me. You can play by the rules. And I can say to people, you know what? The Iranians are serious. Look, they've just returned these children in line with their international obligations. That's not a difficult political maneuver. And he may find that the Iranians are actually rather sympathetic. And if it turns out the Iranians aren't, well, then he'll deal with it. That's the nuts and bolts of politics. That's why he was elected. Indeed. Well, let's hope it happens. Andrew, appreciate the insight, and uh, thanks for making some time for us here today. My pleasure. You take care. All right, you as well. Andrew Apostolou joining us uh, from Washington, D.C. You can uh, read more on this case, by the way, findazerkidsnow.com, A-Z-E-R, and more in the background on this case. Uh, so it is up to Justin Trudeau, and it's certainly not inappropriate for the opposition parties to ask questions of the government. What are you doing to resolve this case? They're supposed to be the voice for others who don't have the voice. Alison Azar cannot ask the prime minister directly what he's doing, uh, but the opposition parties in question period have that opportunity, and so it's their duty to do so. Uh, so for the government to throw a tantrum because the opposition parties are asking questions, I mean, just shows an immaturity on their part. So if the Iranians don't want to play ball, if the Iranians uh, have no interest in cooperating with us on this, well, then fine, we can cross that bridge when we get to it. But this guy's there. Those kids are there. They don't belong there. So Justin Trudeau should pick up the phone and make that clear to the Iranian president. 403-974-8255. i got to take a quick break here. A few other things to get to before the top of the hour. Welcome Gord Gillies into the studio after 3 o'clock for the Friday free-for-all. Uh, Angela's off today. Whitney Dean will be in now after 4 o'clock uh, for Calgary today. But I'm going to stick around until 4 and we'll do the Friday free-for-all. 403-974-TALK. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.